Hey, caffeinators. Welcome to the Vet Tech Cafe. The Vet Tech Cafe is a podcast centered around veterinary technicians and nurses, hosted by myself, Dave Cowan, and my good friend, Jeff Backus. We strive to discuss current issues facing our profession and give our colleagues a voice and a medium to enter into these discussions. Our guests are experts in the veterinary field that we hope can help our listeners work towards dealing with these issues, as well as coming up with solutions that can lead to change. If you have a question, comment, or would like to be a guest on the Vet Tech Cafe, please contact us at vettechcafe at gmail.com, or you can find us at our website, vettechcafe.com. One thing we would ask of you, our listeners, is to rate and review us on whatever podcast platform you're listening to. We're not exactly sure how or why this helps us, but apparently it does. So without further ado, come on in, grab yourself a cup of coffee, and get ready for another episode of the Vet Tech Cafe. Hello, caffeinators. Welcome back to the Vet Tech Cafe, where we hope your coffee is strong and your Monday is short. Um, it's it's Monday here at the Vet Tech Cafe, Monday after Ibex. Uh, Dave and I will talk about it's that. It's actually Tuesday, oh, it's Jeff. Tuesday. You're right. We flew back home on Monday. My gosh, I'm already <laughs> off the day this week. Great. Um, we'd like to thank all of our caffeinators for your continued support, um, repping, repping our merchandise. Um, Dave is doing t-shirt Tuesday posts. Um, and if you have any ideas or suggestions, just send them on over to us because Dave can make it happen. Um, thank you very much to our Patreons. We've got a new Patreon recently, Meryl Token or Toshin. I hope I say that right. Thank you so yeah. much for your support. It really, really means a lot. Um, and just continuing to download our episodes and subscribing to all of our channels. If this is your first time at the Vet Tech Cafe, um, we're glad you're here. Head on over to vettechcafe.com for all of the info about Dave and I and uh, who we are and why we do this podcast. And then you can follow us on kind of all the major channels. Um, Dave, how's it going out there? How's it uh, being back from Ibex? Oh, man. I... Uh... We're both a little froggy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're a little froggy. Uh, I I I was a little under the weather the last couple of days, where you know I had a little sore throat, and I was I, as soon as I got home, Rob, I was like, "Get your mask on and take yourself a COVID <laughs> test." Uh, thankfully, I was negative. So all of you that that I hugged this week, I I did not have COVID. So, <laughs> um, but man, exhausting week, very very busy week. Um, and you had a, a chance to do. Ivex as just an attendee, yeah. which is something that I haven't done in a couple of years now. Yeah. So talk to me about yeah. that. How, how did it that was, go? I, I mean, don't get me wrong. You seem very yes, relaxed. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> I love presenting and I love, you know, the speaker moderator dinner and it's another chance to network and see people. And, and I love all of those things, but it's also, it's, it's such another measure of stress and responsibility and mm -hmm frankly, not being able to cut loose and relax and, you know, what have you. So it was very different in that a couple mornings I slept in Saturday, frankly, after being there already three days, my wife and I took a self-care day and we laid by the pool for a few hours. Awesome. And then I went to the sports bar and watched college football and I had no guilt about missing sessions. And, but then I was ready to get back onto it on Sunday and Monday morning. Yeah, and yeah. Because five days of sitting in lectures all day, every day, like we're not in college anymore. It's not easy. Um, so <laughs> it, it was, it was, I, I, there was one lecture that I went to that actually made me really miss presenting because it was, of course, a toxicology lecture. And, and I will definitely yeah. submit for next year again, but it was, it was a really nice change of pace. How was it for you? Because you yeah. had with the board responsibilities, this was your first year, I think, of that, correct? Well, I I did it last year, but I wasn't I wasn't like a, a quote unquote voting member. I was just there to see right, the process okay. and kind of understand things. Um, but still, like 
the, the a, two days of yeah. meetings to planning of planning and all it's that stuff which week. it's great I, it's a long week yeah because i got there last monday and i got home so i was gone eight yeah. days in the end exhausting just just very tiring yeah. and you know because we're procrastinators with our lectures i was still writing lectures at the last of course minute, of so. course and and i talked about this in my work life balance lecture of of being a procrastinator and how it's not a terrible thing cuz you you turned me on to that to say your your therapist said maybe that's how you thrive yeah. maybe that's how you do well and and i i've thought that i could be i could be on on my game on top of everything and be done with my lectures a month before ivex but what would i do i would second guess and it edit and go back and, and say yeah. i need to edit this and change this and change yeah. that and when you do it last minute, you yeah. have time to do that. So you just have to go with what yeah. you got. So, um, but I, I feel like my lectures were, were great. I, I felt like I was very happy with them. There wasn't anything where I was like, oh, I left yeah. this out or I should have talked more about this. I feel like I, I, I'm like you where I kind of thrive in that last yeah. minute uh, stress mode, but it would be so much easier for my mental health <laughs> if I just had everything yeah. done before I got on the plane to get there. That's, so that's fair. That's fair. Um, Molly's yeah. uh, hospital administrator wasn't able to attend, but um, he did the virtual sessions and he was, he messaged me yesterday, actually, while I was on the plane home, he was listening to your work-life balance and said it was, said oh, it good. was really good. So I hope he yeah, learned he, something. Yeah, he did. He said it was really good. So good. yeah. Well, I, I, I don't want to get too, too far into IVEX because mm -hmm. we're going to do a tap room and, and talk about IVEX, but I, I feel like, the way that I presented the work-life balance is I think people went into it saying this is this is what you have to do to get work-life balance. And I kind of did it the opposite. I said, you have to do what works for you. It's yeah. not like what works for me is not going to work right, for you. Right. Um, so, yeah, I, I and I feel like some of our some of our good friends were in there and I they, they said that they learned good, a lot from good it. Good deal. Good to um, hear. Kind of eye-opening that, um, you know, everything is not... It's not black right. and white. Yeah, for know? sure, for sure. But again, we'll, yeah, we'll talk, talk about, about that more in, in, the in another room. episode. Um, we've got a really great episode to do today. Yeah. I just want to call out my new pumpkin spice season mug I have here, Dave, just for you. Um, of course. But, uh, we have a great, great, great episode for you guys today. So uh, we've said this a couple of times in the past, Dave. Sometimes when a, when a guest reaches out to us with an idea for an episode, especially when it's somebody you and I haven't met, sometimes those are our favorite episodes because yeah. – Again, we obviously don't know everybody and we can't cover all the ground. You can't think of covering all the ground ourselves. And right. so it's so awesome when people reach out and say, hey, I do this. I'd love to talk about it. And today is one of those episodes. So we have yeah. Paige Allen coming by the Vet Tech Cafe. Um, she graduated with an AAS in veterinary technology in 1983, uh, a BS in business admin in 1996, and an MS in educational technology in 2005. She's worked in mixed animal and in academia, focusing on large animals and anesthesia during her 35 plus years at Purdue University. Mad wow. respect for that. Yeah. No um, she worked in the large animal hospital, supporting DVMs in their clinical cases and research. She taught both veterinary and veterinary technology students. We're going to talk about that. Um, she was director of central supply, managing people, inventory, and sterilization for the entire college, and was a key person in developing Purdue's veterinary nursing distance learning program and managed uh, and taught in the program for over 20 years. And Dave, if I recall correctly, I think that's the program that Subita yes, is. is doing. Um, yeah. We talked to her yeah. about that from, from, from Malaysia, from Malaysia yeah. which is like just so cool. Um, most recently was the head academic advisor for Purdue's uh, veterinary nursing program before leaving in June, 2023. 
Currently still engaged, though, um, in the profession as she is co-editing the 11th edition of McKernan's Clinical Textbook for Veterinary Technicians and Nurses. And personally, I want to say thank you for being involved in that because I would not have passed the ATA without it. If you had been in tech school (laughs) or if you are going to go through tech school or have gone through an ABMA program, it is by far the Veterinary Technician Bible. Um, She believes in being involved um, in the professional community and has served NAFTA, AVTE, IVTA, the Indiana Vet Tech Association, and most recently was president of the NABC. Um, We're going to talk about that. She loves spending time with her amazing husband, Daryl, and their five grandchildren. Um, And she's a proud servant of her cat's mac and cheese. I love it. Um, (laughs) I love it. So, uh, Paige, thank you so much for coming by the Vet Tech Cafe today and bringing uh, this episode to us. What can we get you for a cup of coffee or caffeinated beverage of choice? So I'm a pretty plain Jane when it comes to coffee. I don't do any of that fancy stuff. Um, my husband and I drink plain old eight o'clock coffee, and it's one of my fantastic, favorites. Fantastic, fantastic. We'll get that. Woman after yeah, my own Yeah, heart. absolutely. We'll get that right out. So um, I know I kind of hit some of the stuff in your career path, but kind of take us through all of that, what got you into vet med, some of the major stops away along the way, and then we'll jump off from there. Perfect. So thank you guys so much for having me, for responding to my email. I've never done that before and, you know, shot it out there. And right away you were on top of it. I was excited to to, uh, come and hang out with you guys, drink a cup of coffee and chat about this profession that we all love so much. Um, when as I listen to my bio, I think, dang, I've been doing this a long time. <laughs> and when you said graduated in 1983, I'm like, um, this is 2023, and that makes this fall will be 40 years yeah. since I graduated. Wow. Yeah. yeah. I don't. I must have been like five or six when I graduated. <laughs> That's all I can say. <laughs> So, yeah, so the, it, you know, I grew up in South Dakota, North Dakota, South Dakota. So um, I went to, I started out at, at South Dakota State University um, in their pre-vet program because, of course, I wanted to be a veterinarian because who knew anything about vet tax back in 1980, early 80s, right? And so I was in vet school. South Dakota doesn't have a, or I was in pre-vet. South Dakota doesn't have a vet school. So they had reciprocity agreements with a couple of states around. And um, my, I, so here we go, um, uh, full transparency. Um, uh, the drinking age was 18 in South Dakota when I graduated from high school. So in the year of college, um, I spent a lot of time at a bar called the Lucky Lady. <laughs> so um, maybe my grades weren't quite as good as they could or should have been. <laughs> sure. And uh, uh, and so I didn't know what I was going to do. My advisor's like, I don't know if you're going to, you're not going to, probably not going to get into vet school. And so I went home for the summer and I got a flyer in the mail for a small college in Rapid City, South Dakota that said, come be, it was actually an animal health technician yep. back in the day. Yep. Yep. And, uh, and I was like, this looks really cool. It looks like all the things I want to do. And so I applied and got in. And so I say, by the grace of God, I became a vet tech and not a failed um, pre-vet student. <laughs> Um, and it was it was perfect. It was the exact career that I wanted to be in. I loved every minute of my education. Um, I went to a private practice in Nebraska to work after graduation. Um, loved it there, but got bored. And that's sort of the history of my career. Every time I've changed jobs, it's because I've gotten bored with what I'm doing. I want to know more. I want to do more. I, I was a lifelong learner before it became that the cool <laughs> term that it is now. 
And so um, applied for a job and came to Purdue, um, worked for an amazing veterinarian, Harold Amstutz, a bovine guy, taught me so much. Um, did anesthesia, surgical nursing, and large animal. Anesthesia is my love. And I have so much respect for you guys in ECC because you do, you know, all of the anesthesia and all the other stuff too. Um, blood gases are absolutely, I could talk about blood gases for hours. <laughs> my students think I'm crazy, but I'm I right love there with you. body right there with works. You. So cool. Um, and so again, um, bored in my job a little bit, got my bachelor's thinking I might go into practice management. Um, the opportunity to, to be the director of central supply came open and I applied and got that. And again, learned about managing people and inventory. Um, and then Dr. Pete Bell recruited me to come and help with our distance learning program and get that started. And um, again, creative juices, starting things and flowing and learning, got my master's in education because I was doing education. I look back at my first um, learning objectives and how awful they were. Understand this, understand that, you know, and I was just like, oh, my God. Um, but love that. And then um, uh, stayed in the program, that tech program. And then the job for head advisor came open and I was like, I really want to leave a legacy. Like I, you touch so many lives as a teacher. I think one of you guys was a teacher. I can't I, remember. I well, well, we both, both were. Yeah, yeah, we both were actually. Yeah, we both have. And so you know what it's like to to work with students and and engage with them. And I thought we had an advisor who wasn't a vet tech. And I don't think you have to be a vet tech to be an academic advisor, but it certainly helped to have those career conversations, those reality checks that sometimes students need. And then um, after 36 and a half years, I was like, mm, I think I'm, well, it was about 36 years because I gave six months notice. I said, I'm ready to be done at Purdue and, and officially retired. So you get all the magic of retirement, but I feel I tell people I've gone from like 85 miles an hour down to about 45 and 50. And it's in the lane of my choice. I'm mm -hmm. getting to hang out with cool guys like you. I'm doing the McKernan's <laughs> book. I'm helping with this event that's coming up in Austin. Um, so I can't ever see myself not doing something with the career because or the profession because I love it so yeah, much. I, so I, first off, I think like it's so unique. And I think Dave, we've talked to one or two people about this that have actually gone through an entire career as a veterinary technician and retired as a veterinary technician. Right, and right. that is so rare. And, and I hope <laughs> as we go forward, that becomes more of a possibility. But I want to circle back to the, the distance learning program, because if, if my math is close, you've started that somewhere around 20 years ago, I think you had, we had said, right? So <laughs> The idea yep. of starting a distance learning program in the early 2000s, like that, I, I mean, that yeah. was like, that was like barely internet age. Like, yeah. I, I mean, the the foresight and, and like probably tr the challenges of trying to get all this information, you know, on an online platform or whatever. Talk, talk about that for a minute, because that sounds, yeah. I mean, that sounds like a monumental test today in 2023 let alone with the mm -hmm. technology we have now, let alone 20-ish years ago. It's it's so interesting to look back because like you guys, um, you do the things that you do because of the profession and because it's the right thing to do. It's not about 
your legacy or or it's the it just feels like it's the right thing to do at the time. And so when um, so when Dr. Pete Bell reached out to me and asked me to come help with that, um, he absolutely. Um, so Roger Lukens is who started our program at Purdue, and he is a name his, that's attached um, through the Association of Vet Techs. Uh, vet tech educators that the history of the profession and and um, and so Pete worked for Roger and and they recruited me to come down and we had these so St. Petersburg um, in Florida actually had the first okay. distance learning program so we can't sure, take sure. credit for being the first <laughs> um, but you know the other piece that people don't often think about is that we were we're tied to a brick and mortar university, mm-hmm. which in and as much as I love Purdue can very much be like the Titanic going towards an iceberg, seeing that things are happening but can't get it out of its own way. And so the things that the people that Pete and I talked to from the registrar and the bursar and how do we make this all happen and how do we make these students our own and, and all of the things mechanics behind was amazingly difficult. But we got it done. We used to do, I I think back to how we used to do it. We used to mail, we made videos and mailed them out on CDs to the students so that they could watch videos on CDs. We mailed exams to proctors who had to be a DVM, a credential technician, or an educator. Um, We mailed these packets of exams for every course that the student took, and then they proctored these paper exams, and then they mailed these paper exams back to us, and then us as instructors had to grade them, and it was crazy. It's so so easy now. We have these learning management systems, and everybody has high-speed – well, pretty much everybody, right? Mm -hmm. We don't mail stuff anymore. People can watch videos. They submit their video tasks online. They used to have to mail us VHS tapes or those little eight millimeter tapes or CD, whatever they could send us that we could try to figure out how to watch them do their tasks. It was crazy. The amount of postage that we spent mailing back and forth stuff was crazy. It was crazy. And I think the hardest mind switch um, is, and I had the challenge with this, like how do you take a, a degree or a program that's hands-on learning and translate that to a distance learning. And it was really, we have this log book where students, you take a task, how to put in um, an IV cephalic catheter, a cephalic IV catheter, and you break down the steps. And so how do you know as you're watching a student do it that it's successful? Well, they meet all of this criteria and then the person watching checks it off. So there was a level of trust between us at the university and that doctor or that registered credential veterinary technician watching you know, you hope that ethics and morals are there with regards to if you sign off and someone can't really do it, what are you doing for the right. profession? Are you really helping right. the profession? So there's a level of trust and a level of control that we had to let go. Um, but I've also told people over time, you can graduate great technicians from not great programs and you can graduate not great technicians from really great programs. So much of it is student dependent and driven. Mm. Yeah. I think about that. I think about that with, with my students, like the ones that were dedicated did great. And the ones that were not as dedicated, you know, I could be the best teacher in the world, but if they're not, if they're not putting the effort in it, it's not going to work. Yeah. And they're going to get caught at the VTNE, right? Yep. They may get through Purdue, they, they, or, or any program, they may cheat their way through, but by the time you sit down to take the VTNE, there's no cheating on that. And either you know it or you don't. Yep. Yep. 
So let's let's talk about this is a question we always like to ask our guests, and you're going to have a, a much better answer because you've got you, you've got 35 plus years in the field. Um, so where do you see the the profession as it is now, and how has it come from where you, when you started back in in the in the mid 80s? Yeah. When most of our listeners were not born. <laughs> I know, right? Oh, man. So one of the stories I like to tell people is back when I was in high school and I was dating a guy who was raising cattle and I went into the vet with him to do a C-section and I was telling the veterinarian that I wanted to go to vet school. And he's like, you're a woman. You can't go to vet school. You can't be in this profession. Well, yeah, right? Yeah. I mean, think about the switch of the profession, right. uh, how far it has switched from male-dominated to female-dominated. Exactly, yeah. Um. So remembering that trajectory and how, you know, getting told you can't as a woman, um, I'm a little bit jealous. I wish I was 20 again. Um, Don't we all? <laughs> not for the stupidity that I was when well, I was 20. Yeah. <laughs> but I think the profession and, and I've sh I shared with my students in the last couple of years as I was um, advising, I think the profession is on a brink. I think we're getting ready to get paid better to get title protection and recognition and, and that people are really starting to stand up and notice. I don't want to say how important we are because it's not just us, right? It's the whole team. We all have to do our part and we have to work together, but how much we can do, right? The five, four things, diagnose, prognose, surgery, and prescribe. We should be doing everything else. And I think people are starting to see that. And veterinarians are starting to be willing to relinquish some of that control, but it's about that trust and building that trust. Right. So I think we're on the brink of all of those things. And like, I wish I could be young again and push it forward Yeah, yeah. and make yeah. it happen. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, we were in a, a session actually just yesterday, I guess it was Dave, um, on the pathway to BTS. And, and actually there was a criticalist in there and he asked the question, you know, about if something goes wrong where, you know, somebody's trying to learn a task, you know, it ultimately falls back on, on their license and, and what have you. And I think a point that was missed in the discussion thereafter was that you're still a veterinarian delegating a task to somebody that you think has enough skill and knowledge to do it and you are you are teaching them or you are mentoring them through that process it's and this was brought up it's not unlike vet school where you have veterinary faculty that are teaching students veterinary students who have no credential whatsoever and if it, there's a problem like there's and no, and no training. training there's still like a plan in place and so if we can kind of get in that mindset that like Yes, as the veterinarian, it falls back on your license, but we have a license too, especially if you're going through that BTS process. Um, we have a credential that, that can be challenged, but also you still like know that person well enough to know that they have the knowledge, the ability, and the skill <laughs> level and the training to do this thing. And that like if it could go wrong for you and it, it just if it's just a complication, like I think what gets missed is, is veterinarians are so scared of the veterinary medical board and like being brought before the board or their license challenge. That's like, it's a board of their peers. That's, that's not how it's going to go. Like right, if they right. know the circumstances and the facts that led up to it. And that that's kind of leads me into my next question is you were with the Indiana vet tech association. I'm past president mm -hmm. of the California RVT association. So I've, I've sat in all those veterinary medical board meetings where there's been client driven complaints, but it's, 
it's not like it's not bad medicine. It's not anything like that. They're going to look they look at those kinds of scenarios and go like, yeah, we, we've all done that. Like that's like it, it just it just happens. Yeah. And, and so I'm curious about your time in, in um, you know, uh, legislation or, or uh, you know, tech association work and kind of what time frame that was in your career, because I feel like that's still such an important part of how we're going to drive things forward. I was um, president of IVTA, uh, the Indiana Vet Tech Association. Oh, boy. Probably in the early 90s. So it's been a few days ago. <laughs> <laughs> right. I say the 90s and it feels like yesterday, but like 30 years ago mm. um, and, and have stayed a participant of the organization. But um one of the things that I got pushed through in my presidency and worked on and, and in conjunction with the Indiana Veterinary Medical Association, right? We didn't function on our own, but we got the continuing education requirements put in place for our state for keeping our licensure. And um, I thought that was super important. Like you can get your RVT in Indiana and never have to do anything again. And so it's not a lot. Oh, it's either 12. I think it's 16 hours every two years. But I think that was super important to have that conversation. Um, we uh, have a veterinary technician in the state of Indiana who sits on the board. Um, that was something that got done several years ago, and then it kind of fell off. The person who was on was not. And we just, um, if you guys know Ashley mm -hmm. Selke from, uh, yeah, yeah. she is our current person who is sitting on the board um, with the uh, for the board of examiners for Indiana. So I think they're willing to hear our voice. We've always had a great relationship with the Indiana um, Veterinary Medical Association. And so, you know, we talk about um, the importance, I think, uh, of being a part of associations and we can't do stuff by ourselves. You talked about networking at, at, at the conference and those conversations and those educations and those side conversations that happen with a veterinarian and a technician and how do I trust you and how do I ask you to trust me and how do we work through all of this is, is so much a part of that association membership and the importance of it. It's our voice um, on those big things or it should be our voice on those big things, but it's also that ability to network and get to know each other. Yeah. Yeah. Does yeah, that answer yeah. your question? Yeah, I yeah, the yeah question. absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> um, just thinking back, like with with your with your years of experience, uh, question that we have on our list usually that we don't usually ask: if there's one thing in this profession that you could change, what would it be? So, um, I, it's so hard to choose just one. Can I give yeah. you three? <laughs> you can sure, give us three. Sure. Yeah, I'll <laughs> take three. <laughs> I have three. So the first one is. Um, and they're not in any order, I don't think. But the first one I, I thought about was um, advocating for ourselves. So we have sat back as a profession and waited for people to fix things for us. And I think yeah. it's time for us to fix it for ourselves. Now, that doesn't mean we do it by ourselves, but advocating for what we want, or even on an individual level, how does a 23-year-old graduate from a program go and advocate for herself with a veterinarian? Let me do this. I can do this for you. I can take this off your plate. So how do we, I, I want us to advocate for ourselves and to be our own best support, right? The second one is the fear of the money discussion. And I'm not talking about money with clients, but getting paid what you're worth. Mm -hmm. And also on both sides, veterinarian and technician, let's talk about the practice. 
and that it is a business and that it has to make money so that I can be paid and the lights can stay on and, you know, we can have the fancy equipment. And so dovetailing into that then is also for me, public perception. What, what, what help the public understand that, yes, we love animals, but we can't do this for free right? because we have bills to pay and we have staff to pay and we have equipment to buy. And so, you know, nobody goes to the doctor and expects it to be free, right? But we have that whole insurance thing and people forget that mm-hmm. it costs mm-hmm. money. Yeah. So I think those are my three, advocating for self, having those money conversations, and then helping the public understand that what we do has value, has monetary value. Yeah, I've been thinking that for a long time now is, is that one of the big stumbling blocks is the is the the vision of our profession in that the public just thinks that everyone is a tech. And I think sometimes and, and we're gonna we're gonna see this next month with Vet Tech Week with practices saying we celebrate our vet techs, even though ninety percent or even a hundred percent of them are not technicians. Um, <laughs> so that public perception I think is is a huge thing for us to understanding that. Cause like you said, we go to the doctor, we know that there's nurses, we know that they've, they've gone through education and CE requirements and all that stuff. And we trust them. And with the, with our profession, I think a lot of times the trust falls on the doctor and not so much on the technicians. I'm not going to say that's across the board. Don't, don't send us a bunch of emails saying my, <laughs> no, they, my they, people they trust can, us. They can send them to veterinary viewfinder. It's fine. Oh, that's right. Very, yeah. Yeah. Send your complaints to veterinary viewfinder at gmail.com. Um, but that public perception of us, I think, is, is severely lacking because the thing is, is that so many, so I think so many people know of, oh, Susie started a job at a, a veterinary, veterinarian's office and she's a technician, even though she's like 17 and is mm-hmm. not a technician. Uh, so I think some of that public perception, I, I think, is one of the biggest stumbling blocks we have is because not only are we trying to get that, but we have to erase some of the public's perception that they already have in that all of us are technicians when in reality, all of us are not technicians. And that's the biggest thing is the unlearning of what they've been told for the last 40 years. And I think too, I I think honestly that that even has to come from the veterinarians themselves. I've said this before, like, you know, so in my Mm -hmm. short time at Tufts university, I was only there four years, but so often I would have a veterinary student tell me they were a technician before school. And I, and I would mm-hmm. always ask, oh, that's awesome. What program did you go through or, or what state were you registered in? <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, what? Um, yeah. like, and so, you know, they have to unlearn that it, or, you know, unlearn that mindset or learn the right mindset in school and be taught that mm-hmm. as well to then take that forward to their clients. I, I, again, I think that's one of those things for me that's a little bit rooted in academia that we have to kind of fix there, which, you know, is kind of a generational thing and it's going to take a long time. But I, I found I was blown away at how common that was. So, yeah. And, and we've got to fix it at yeah. that level because yeah. th- those are the doctors that are yeah. going to be going out of out of your program to to be doctors right. and need to know how to a- appropriately address their 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 staff. Well, and I think, you know, I think even within our profession, right, even within the veterinary technicians will say, I don't, but others will say they're a non-credentialed vet tech or they're an on-the-job trained vet tech. Well, they're not. Mm-hmm. They're a veterinary assistant, and that doesn't mean they're any less. I, I know many ma- amazing veterinary assistants, but we got we to gotta quit. It's just hard, right? People's feelings get hurt. Right. So it's a hard conversation, but until we draw the line. 
Why would anybody yeah, else? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Excellent point. Excellent yeah. point. Um, one more question before we break here. Um, so co-editing McKernan, um, you know, that is, huh. that's, that's our Bible for this profession. It truly is. Um, I have written one book chapter in my life. Um, I actually two, I just wrote a second one. Um, and I've thought about like doing my own textbook for veterinary technicians for toxicology and just that one little niche just sounds like such a monumental amount of work. I can't imagine trying to herd all the cats that write chapters for, for McKernan and what a process that is. I mean, obviously like you've got a groundwork of previous editions, but like, what does that look like? So, um, yeah, thank you for asking it. Uh, so Dr. Joanna Bassett reached out to me a couple of years ago and asked if I would be willing uh, to, to be a part of the process. And, and I was like, oh my gosh, I would absolutely, because she and I have had conversations about, um, I remember when it was a mini DVM book, right? It would tell you how to spay a dog. And I was like, I am a technician. I do not need how to know how to spay a dog. I need to know what you need from me to support you mm -hmm. as a veterinarian. So we had a lot of conversations and, you know, again, something, a project this big doesn't change quickly. And so um, she took my things to heart. She asked me if I would be willing to be an editor. And then she had to step off um, for health reasons, which made me very sad. So Dr. Orita Samples and I are the two editors. And herding cats is is easy compared to herding <laughs> contributors. And I would say, honestly, the majority of the contributors have been great. We have some that have done it before. We have some new ones. Um, the thing I do then is once they submit it to me, as I read through, I see if there's anything that's not clear. I make sure all the images are right. I look at um, some grammar. And then there's another editor that looks after me. So it is, we started this process last fall. And we, I am supposed to have all of my stuff done by the middle of October. <laughs> wow. And then it goes, and so, and it's not even going to be published until I think 2025. Wow. So I'm amazed at how long it yeah. takes from the time it gets here to the, to me, to the time, you know, all the things that the editor has to do, the final um, Elsevier has to do to make it look beautiful. Um, and we're trying really hard to not make it any bigger because it's so big. Uh, I mean, it's a lot of ground to cover though. I mean, it needs to be, yeah. and, and we've talked to Steven Satal about this before, like that, that length of the process and like, by the time the book comes out, it's time to start on the next because it's already yeah. kind of out of date Info information's you know, outdated. Some, some yeah. ways. So it's just, it's yeah. bonkers. Yeah. So, well, thank you yeah. for doing it's that. Been it's been a blast. <laughs> I've learned so much. Oh yeah. I bet. Yeah. 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 Well, we are actually more than halfway through our, our, our conversation with you, Paige. So we're going to take our break here and we'll be back after the break. The Vet Tech Cafe is sponsored by BetterHelp. Caffeinators, at the Vet Tech Cafe, you know we like to focus on mental health. If you're struggling with depression, burnout, compassion fatigue, or any of the other mental health challenges we discuss on our podcast, getting professional help is a great first step. We all need help with things like learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries, which empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major mental health challenges. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. Dave, I've used BetterHelp. Um, I had really good success with it. I really liked that it was entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. You just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. 
You can also switch therapists at any time for no additional cost. You can log into your account anytime and send a message to your therapist, and you'll get timely and thoughtful responses. Plus, you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions. They really make it easy for you to get the help you need. Discover your potential with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash VetTechCafe today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash VetTechCafe. It's time to invest in yourself. Be well, caffeinators. All right, everyone, welcome back to the Vet Tech Cafe, where we are never out of your favorite breakfast sandwiches, unlike some places that I could mention. <laughs> um, so, Paige, we, we just had our ad for BetterHelp, and we always like to ask our guests, how do you manage your own mental health? Um, some of that has last, this, lasted this long in the profession. I'm sure you've, you've probably had your share of mental health challenges, um, but talk a little bit about that. How do, you, how do you get yourself away from the profession and, and, and stay sane with everything that you're doing? Yeah, that it. You know, it it is something that over my 40 years, I, I don't know that I ever really thought about. I'm um, I'm really lucky as I'm one of those people who hmm, I think I can turn it off. I think I can walk out the door. Um, I, I lose very few nights to sleep, sleeplessness. Mm-hmm. You know, I I uh, I'm one of those people who makes a decision and or something happens and I move on. I learn from it and I move on. So I'm really grateful about that. I. I had the opportunity at Purdue to become a QPR trainer. So that is a suicide prevention question, persuade and refer. Um, Really opened my eyes to um, the conversations and, and I've always been, a very friendly person. So I talk in the, in my QPR classes about how I walk across campus and I say hi to everybody. And I'm sure I'm the crazy lady on campus saying hi to everybody. And it never occurred to me that I could have simply by saying hi to someone and acknowledging their existence, changed their day or their life. And it's so much about putting down our devices and engaging and making mm-hmm. conversation. I sat in the dentist office yesterday and the lady sitting there with me waiting for her husband forgot her phone. And so she struck up a conversation with me as I'm sitting on my phone. And it was the best 10 minutes ever of getting to know someone. I had no idea who they were. So mental health wise, I, I horseback ride, I garden, I read, um, I play video games. None of those shooting up video games. Mm. I used to do things like Farmville and oh, now I have a switch and I do Animal Crossing. And so some of those little happy things. So I just, I disconnect, yeah, right? Yeah. Um, and I think that has always helped me, that and the relationships in my life. I'm never alone. Yeah. Those are all. Excellent. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, so let's kind of transition to um, your role with NAVC. Um, I mentioned it briefly in your bio. So talk a little bit about what NAVC is, what they do, and then I want to. We, then we're going to kind of jump into Hive, that event, and and what that's going to look like. So go ahead and start that off. So yeah, so I um, was on the board. Well, I started out as a program chair for NAVC many years ago, probably in the early two thousands, um, and then I had the honor of being nominated and being on the board, and was the second veterinary technician um, right behind Lynn Johnson, Lynn Harris, um, to uh, be president of the. Um, uh, board of Directors. Uh, and that is an organization that they value every single member of the team um, and care about the community. I have never worked with a group of people. So all the staff of NAVC, one person 
is a DVM and one person is a vet tech. But I have never met a group of people who love us so much and will do anything and support us as um, as human beings and as veterinary professionals. And so I rolled off the board in January of 23. That was, I was done. I got to be president for two years. I was the only one who ever got to do that during the pandemic. Wow. It was awesome. Um, but again, a great organization. I rolled off the board and a few months later, they reached out um, and asked if I would help um, to set up this next event, which is um, coming in um, August, August, October. It is our hive um, focusing specifically on veterinary technicians and veterinary nurses. Um, it is in Austin, Texas. Um, and I always have to look because I forget. Um, it's at the Palm um, Event Center in Austin, Texas, October 16th through the 18th. Um, the thing I absolutely love about it is that we put a call, a couple of things. We put a call out. Anybody want to speak? And we got a plethora of people nice. who wanted to speak at this event. Um, and several of them a good portion of them are not nationally known names. We have some nationally known names, but we have people who have not spoken before who are coming out on this or young speakers. They've spoken at small conferences. And so they're coming and speaking at this event. This is an event by vet techs for vet techs. We have only three people who are DVMs speaking. Everybody else, except for two, and I'll tell you, well, two or three, I'll tell you why, other than DVMs, are vet techs. And so I have been a huge proponent. I was on the, the conference committee for Purdue. I am a huge proponent of vet techs teaching vet techs because I can go to a lecture of a DVM and I can learn, but they don't think like we think. They don't view the same things. And so I am super excited to have vet techs teaching vet techs. So like I said, we have three DVMs, but we also have, and I'm trying to find my note here. Um, mm -hmm. We have um, the executive director of the Chicago VMA and a friend of his who is the chief of police at the Lewis University in Romeoville, Illinois, who are going to do two talks. One is recognizing and preventing threats in your practice and navigating difficult conversations, confrontations, conflict management, and de-escalation. And those two things came for me out of what I heard about what happened at Shively in Kentucky. Yeah, yeah. I was like, this, this is happening and we need to talk about it as a community and we need to protect ourselves and our teams. So I really... Uh, I really, that piece is so close to my heart that I, it, it's in some ways hard for me to talk about it because I just, it's so important. We should not have to face right. that stuff, but I want us to feel protected um, and, and a part of a community that that's going through that. Yeah. I bet that's going to be very, I'm, I bet that's going to be very well attended because I mean, I mean, if, if that was at IVEX last week, I, I would definitely go to that because that's something that is going to, is going to become more prevalent. And I think we all need to know what we need to do and yeah. I don't think technicians can teach people how to, how to deal with that. Right. That's not, yeah. that's something right. that's not in our not wheelhouse. Our yeah. 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 Uh, I love the part too, about the, you know, the younger or, or newer speakers, you know, um, I, I coordinate the, the program for the California RBT association uh, symposium every year. And, and we try to have like one big name speaker as like an anchor, you know, that people want to go see. And then yep. everybody else is, is, you know, we try to recruit like young speakers that this might be their first conference. 
um, to, to, because like we talked, we, we sat in a lecture, Dave, and we heard this at IVEX, like so many of us sat in the audience and said, I want to be doing that. I want to be the one up yeah. there and talking. Yeah. And you got to start somewhere like you, you don't just start <laughs> at a, a national or an international kind of conference. Um, you you kind of get that's terrifying yeah, to do. Uh, that sure. You kind of start somewhere else. And, and we need these kinds of organizations to to be that kind of um, uh, step, you know, rung on the ladder, or however you want to phrase it, to, to get a place to start. And the, the idea mm-hmm. of text teaching text, like, like you said, I mean, we think about veterinarians at conferences and they're, they're, they're going to be teaching a doctor portion of that lecture, not a technician portion of that lecture. And, and it needs to be that way. Well, and I think also if you, if you think about like the lectures that, like I was thinking about this a lot at IVEX this, this past week is when you go to a lecture that's given by a doctor, they're teaching for a different level of understanding. They need to know all, they need to know all those studies. And when I start seeing study after study show up on a slide, I'm like, all right, I'm going to put my pen down. I, none of this is relevant to me. But when techs are teaching techs, techs are teaching techs what they need to know. Yeah. Doctors mm-hmm. are teaching doctors what they need to know. And not to say that we can't go to those doctor lectures, but sometimes that information is just not useful yeah, it's, to us. it's not relevant to what we are going to be doing with those patients, right. you know. And, right. And that, yeah. like, so the, the idea of the techs teaching techs is, is huge. So is this the first Hive event? Is this like the inaugural it is. It is. So oh, NABC wow. awesome. thinks enough of technicians that they made it their first event. We're during Vet Tech Week. Nice. Um, so we're hoping that people will come and celebrate Vet Tech Week with us. Um, Are you it, doing anything special for Vet Tech Week? Like at the at the event? Well, so other than this you know, is giving them amazing education, <laughs> we are talking about different events that we can plan and do. So it's not going to be a big event like VMX where we have a big name speaker or something, but we're looking to do fun things um, that. Uh, so as when they invited me to join the team to help plan this, I said, we can get CE everywhere, right? All of us can get CE everywhere, anywhere. And it's gotten easier now that we can do it online and our, our states will accept some of that. So I don't want this to be about the CE. Well, we'll have CE. It will have race approved stuff. We have a whole track that's clinical, but then we have two tracks that are professional development and personal development. And I said, I want it to be about community building and about relationship building. I can go learn how to put a catheter in, or I can go learn how to read a blood gas anywhere. But I want us to start building relationships that will carry past the conference. So we're looking to set up the rooms differently. Probably, I'm hoping, I've got them talked into rounds at the round tables at the front of the room and then rows in the back. The clinicals will be set up theater style normally. But those other ones where we've got engagement and we're asking, we've asked our speakers to really engage with the audience. We want people to sit at those round tables and be able to talk to each other and get to know each other and say, oh my gosh, this has happened to me. And how did you handle this? And really relationship and community building. That's where my heart is for this conference. Yeah, that's... Wish I'd known about this sooner. I would have submitted to, yeah, to speak at this. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> there will something, be more. Something yeah, to consider I've, I've, for, the, for the future, for sure. Yeah. Um, how how yeah. is, uh, I guess, how is registration going? Like, was there a, and you don't have to discuss numbers if you don't want to, but like, was there a target number of attendees and, and have you gotten close to that? Or like, what does some of that look like? 
So um, we've got um, several hundred people wow. registered. We really anticipated um, – so Austin was chosen before I came on board, but was chosen because of the large number of techs in Texas. Mm-hmm. And so it really we thought it would be kind of a local event. And um, it has grown. Our very first – I did find this out today. Our first registrant was from Washington wow. State. So we do have people coming from yeah, around yeah. the country. Great. Um, and it is a live event. Um, and I do have a code for your listeners to use if they want to get the original cost of $15 when they go to Absolutely. our website. Yeah. So don't let me forget to tell yeah. you that, yeah. Um, yeah. where to go and all of that stuff before we're done. Um, but the registration is coming along. We, um, like I said, right now, several hundred, um, we're hoping to hit in the thousands, but again, new event. We'll yeah, see what happens. Sure. And so kind of like, how much CE is available? How I, I know you said the dates, but I forget like how many days of CE are we talking yep. about? And what I, I, I think I saw online it was only I think or I think you said it was only twenty five dollars, um, which is yeah. just unreal. But like how much CE Amazing. is available? Yeah. yeah, so two and a half days of CE, so um, um, about eighteen to nineteen hours total for the two days. If you go to everything, we've like I said, we've got three tracks running, so. Um, it, it yeah, it's crazy. I think twenty five dollars for three two and a half days yeah. of CE yeah. is nothing. Yeah. Again, so many of us have our CE hours done. So come and be part of the community. Come and be part of the conversation. Come and be part of the hive. Yeah. Right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, thinking about you know, Dave, we were just at Ibex, and I think registration was four or five hundred dollars for technicians and, and you know, yeah. for four or five days. But for BMX to put the the importance on the quality and and you know obviously they're they're really not going to make much money if any on this at all but but to still do that and make it so valuable because it's it's yeah. so easily accessible i mean 25 bucks for two days or two and a half days is just unreal yeah. that's awesome yeah well, and if, yeah. if it's local, it's that's yes. it. That's your only right. like the person coming from Washington obviously has to you know fly and, and get a hotel and all that stuff. But twenty five dollars, that's yeah. that's amazing. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's fantastic. Yeah. Can, can I ask what, does, what what does Hive stand for? It doesn't. It's not an acronym oh, for anything. Oh, okay, it's I just it be, come and be nope. Come and be part of the Hive. Okay, right. Come and be part of the community, the relationship. Be the Hive. Got it. All right, I love Got it. it. I love it. Yeah. I think you were going to, yeah, and sorry, think, I was going to say, I think you were going to say something else. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, go I ahead. was. So we think that we're the first national conference for technicians only. Oh, okay. We think we can't, like I've racked my brain to think, has there been any other specific conference put on or CE event put on that's only been for technicians? Yeah. Other than like the, the you know, state yeah. tech associations that, that would, but those right. aren't national, right? Those are, yeah. those are right. more yeah. local. Yeah, that's, I, that's amazing. That, that, that is such a, a great thing for, for the community. That's, that's awesome. Um, so I guess, I guess the question we've kind of already answered, why is it, why is Hive different than so many of the other events that, that, that are out there? Yeah. Obviously the, so, the fact that it's four technicians yeah. is, is, is <laughs> the big one, but what else you got? So I talked about um, we're looking to set up the rooms differently and yep. try to get more engagement, um, new styles of content from new speakers. So we're looking at fe- fresh, per- 
fresh perspectives from people. We've also asked our speakers to really engage and not just stand up in front of the room and lecture, right? Yeah. So I've got um, I've got one session, well, two sessions that um, the speakers are talking about, and I'm not going to remember the titles perfectly, but career ladders and um, evaluations. So they're going to have a lecture on that. But then the next day, 40 participants are going to get to be part of a workshop where they're going to actually start building those things so that they can have something that they can take home with them. Oh, that's great. That's great. Um, Mentor vet is going to be there. They're doing a talk for us. So, you know, they're starting their vet tech portion or mentor vet tech. So we're excited about that again, making that connection in that community. Um, let me look at what else do I have in my notes? I, Rebecca Newman is coming from App State. She's a non-veterinary technician, but she is the first mental or health wellness person in a vet tech program. So she's coming to oh, talk wow. to us about why our stories matter and what's important about our stories as we come out into this profession. So I think just the way we've looked at trying to put this, we're not just clinical. We are people. We have professional development ideas, things that we want to do to be better and more well-rounded. We talked earlier about being a speaker. Becky Mosser and I are doing a talk on how to be a speaker. We're going to spill all the secrets about how do you do this if you want yeah. to do it. So I'm excited about that also. I was hoping to do a um, like an open mic where people could get up and practice and then get feedback from people. But we had so many people wanting to speak that we ended up not being able to do that this time around. So I'm hoping next time around we'll be able to do something like that where people can come and practice and get feedback from their peers. Yeah, that's that's awesome. Yeah, almost like a like a mini case report, yeah. you know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, and yeah. you know, I went to a talk at IBEX that uh, somebody that's been on this podcast before, Emily Kinney, gave, and it was about like kind of bridging the generational gap in vet med um, in, in terms of training and things. And one of the things that she was talking about was that the idea of like going to a conference and somebody who knows a lot about one little specific thing, standing at a microphone and just talking at a room full of people who don't know as much about that thing. Like it's becoming an archaic way of teaching and learning. And this idea of more of this panel type discussion, more of this more interpersonal round table discussion type of thing, interactive um, question and answer, just, you know, a, a smaller group. Um, it, it really kind of like opened my eyes to that. And, and I know there was a couple of panel discussions at IVEX. I've seen other national conferences kind of doing that thing. And, and I think that's a really important idea to, to grab a hold of and, and make it, you know, how, frankly, how some of the younger generations are going to prefer to learn or get engaged or be involved. I think that's, that's, that's really important. So if somebody wants to become involved, um, you know, like maybe obviously it's, next month. Wow. It's already coming up on October. Um, but like say 2024, like how do, how do they get involved if they want to attend? How do yeah, I get involved? If they want to attend, where do, do they go? If, if we yeah. want to speak, what do we look for? That kind of thing. Wow. So, um, that's a great, that was a question I had not anticipated. So I'm going to give you my personal email address and then okay. people can reach out to me and I can filter them to the right person. So if somebody is interested in being a part of this in 2024 or beyond, um, my email is rvtpage, P-A-I-G-E at gmail.com, rvtpage at gmail.com. So send me if you're interested and I will get it to the right people, um, because there will be more of these events. Yeah. I'm super excited about 
the next one will be even better because we are learning so much as we're putting this program yeah, together. Yeah, for sure. And, and where is it going to be next year? Can't tell oh, okay. you. Oh, okay. But it, okay. Right. okay. Okay. Well, then I won't even do my follow-up <laughs> question of, is it something you're looking at moving around or is Austin going to kind of be a host? We are. City? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Wonderful. Yep. It will be moving around Very the country. Cool. So I don't know at this point where it's oh, going gotcha, to be next. Gotcha. Stack, Cause I, I love, I love Austin. Jeff, yeah. you and I were at Austin. We loved yeah, it there. Yeah. It is. It's... Other than the fact that it was I've like, never been there. So yeah. I'm yeah. super excited yeah. about it. You're going to love yeah. it in October. Cause it's not going to be 105 degrees by 10 yeah. AM. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So Palmer event center, October 16th through the 18th, Austin, Texas. If you want to go, you can still go. You can still register. The short address is navc.com forward slash hive. Then you have to click on events. If I give you the long one, it's too long. But when you go in there, if you use the, if your listeners use the code VT in capital letters, cafe, they will get $10 off and it will only be $15 for two and a half days of amazing That's awesome. education. $15 for two and a half days. Um, Austin, Vettex, Texas, Vettex, you better show up for $15. Um, absolutely. Yeah. Um, we will definitely, we'll get, we'll, we'll find that link um, in the registration page and we will put that in the show notes and make yep. sure people have it and, and what have you we'll put so, it on our social media yeah. and all that stuff. Yeah, too. Absolutely. Because perfect. I, 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 I'm very excited to see, like, I, I kind of want to hear from you after the fact, how it went, um, yeah. you know, and, and really excited to see where that goes in the future, because like you said, we can get CE anywhere, but somebody's mm-hmm. got to do something different. Like it, it's gotta be, it can't just be a hundred percent clinical and learning and, being talked at and all of that stuff. Like we, we've, we've got to reach people a different way. Yep. NAVC is such a forward thinking organization. And I love that they're willing to go out and try something new and different and see what happens with it. Yeah. Um, so is there anything that we have not brought up today that you wanted to get out to our listeners? Listeners. What am I saying? Listeners. I thought it was yeah. caffeinators. Yeah. I combined <laughs> listeners and caffeinators into uh, one. So yes, they're all listeners. They're all listeners today. <laughs> So I think just to make sure that everybody knows this is, I know it's an inexpensive cost, but it is a live in-person event. You know, mm-hmm. a lot of people um, initially with when registration started, they thought it was an online event. Virtual, so it yeah. is in-person, live in-person. There won't be anything recorded or sent okay. out. Well, um, making it virtual just makes it so much more expensive because yeah. you've got to do yeah, all and, IT and, stuff. And I think and all you all miss stuff. kind of, you would miss a lot of the point, it oh, sounds yeah. like, of, of the engagement and yeah. that kind of round, like it, how... How can you bring that to, you know, a virtual audience? So, yeah, absolutely. Makes sense. Yeah. I think that's everything. I think you guys have been, uh, this has been so much fun. (laughs) Yeah, we love it. Am I going to get the last question? Oh, yes, yes, yes. We still have one or two more for you. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, is there anybody that you know of that you think we should put in your seat and have as a future, you know, uh, future guest on one of our episodes or a topic you'd like to hear us discuss? Mm. I kind of want to talk to the guy that's going to give the the oh, the, the talk about brand. how to deescalate yeah. things. That would be great to have. Yeah, yeah. yeah for sure. Yeah, I um, I will after. Yeah, after the event, let's yeah. talk again yeah. after yeah. the event Definitely. and yeah. let's see what who's bubbled to yeah, the surface, absolutely. right? Because I think there's always going to be and get them out there and get their their names absolutely. out there. Yes, yeah. Um, and the topics I think are super yeah. important. That with the, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Send us an email yeah. after the fact when you get back home and get settled in. We'd love to hear it. Yeah, perfect. 
um, and topics. You guys do such a great, I love that you um, kind of showcase all of our different pathways, mm-hmm. how we all got here, because they're all different. And I loved, um, oh, who was the student from Purdue that you guys did? Uh, Sevilla. Uh, yeah. 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 It was great. I listened to it. I'm like, oh, I know her. Or I know her name. I wasn't yeah. her advisor, but I was like, oh, that is. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. Yeah. And I wonder, you know, uh, I wonder talking to the Association of Vet Tech Educators and seeing if they would put the word out to your to students mm-hmm. to like get some student perspective and get some young, you yeah. know, young blood. I I did step away from the universe. It's time for young yes. blood, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not that we're old blood, no. but no. Vintage. Vintage, vintage. Yeah. yeah, vintage. That's like used clothing. Come on, if you call anything vintage, it's just somebody's old clothes. Well, antique doesn't sound any better. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, true. But I think of antique cars. I don't know. Maybe that's a generational thing. Yeah. Right? Antique is cooler than vintage. We can debate that yeah. all day. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Are you ready for your Vet Tech Cafe Would You Rather question? I am. Okay. And you're a listener, so you know that you have to pick one, two, or three. I'm not going to tell you what the questions are. You just have to. I know three. I picked three. Okay. All right. Would you rather wear shoes that are one size too small or shoes that are two sizes too big for a whole year? Too big. Too big. Same. Easy peasy. I can put some Kleenex in there, (laughs) but I'm a woman. I've worn shoes that like the little pointy toes and I know how bad those hurt. Yeah. Yeah. I I, I would not be able, I would not like shoes that are too small and. I, with two sizes too big, I'd probably just wear multiple layers yeah. of socks. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. You can wear extra as long as I'm not someplace super right. hot. Yeah. I'll be good. Well, Austin. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. True. When you when you're True. there, you have to go see the um, what is it, Congress Street Bridge, uh, and see all the bats mm. that fly out mm. at dusk. You got to go see. Oh, that. cool. Yeah, I will do that. Yeah, I will do that. I'm actually there an extra day. Um, I probably have to go in a day or two early, but I'm there an extra day because I'm doing um, level up um, for NAVC. They do the level up stuff during Vet Tech Week, and I'm awesome. I'm recording a lecture for them, and then have a live question answer that Wednesday night. So that's awesome. Yeah, I will go watch Very the bats cool. leave Very the cool. bridge. It's it's so it's it's fascinating because it's not like a couple bats. It's like hundreds and thousands yeah, of bats so yeah. cool. all just flying yeah. out. It's it's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, we're not no, weird, are we? No, 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 not one bit, not one bit. Um, well, caffeinators, um, thank you very much for tuning in to another episode of the Vet Tech Cafe page. Thank you so much for taking some time out yes. to, to talk to us about all this cool stuff and just reach out and start the conversation. Now, thank you so much because, again, we would have never found you otherwise. So uh, much appreciated. And caffeinators, um, you know, if you have ideas for an episode, don't be afraid to reach out because just like Paige, We'll put you in an episode. So, yeah. Uh, so, thank That's you right. so much for uh, for starting that conversation, and um, we'll get the the links put up for registration and the discount code. If you're going to be local to Austin next month, go check out Hive and, and check out what they're doing. Be a part of that. It sounds like an awesome event. Um, thank you again for listening, and we will talk to you again soon. Bye, guys. Hello, caffeinators. We wanted to thank Dog Days Consulting for managing our social media and helping with the interior design here at the Vet Tech Cafe. They don't just do social media. They can help you identify your brand through brand coaching. The founder is a CVPM with 15 years experience in veterinary practice management. They are a small business proudly serving the veterinary community, and we are thrilled to be working with them. Check them out at www.dogdaysconsulting.com. Hey, caffeinators, 
We would like to thank you for listening to the Vet Tech Cafe podcast today. As everybody is well aware by now, we often talk about difficult issues that face our profession. In addition, we chat with colleagues and leaders in our field who have strong opinions of these issues. Those opinions expressed by either Dave or Jeff as the hosts, or those opinions expressed by our guests, are their opinions alone and do not represent any other person, business, institution, or any other entity inside or outside of the scope of veterinary medicine. If you have any questions relating to this, please email us at vettechcafe at gmail.com or visit our website www.vettechcafe.com. Lastly, whatever platform you utilize to hear our dulcet tones, please rate and review our podcast and like and follow our Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn pages as well to see what we're up to. From all of us at the Vet Tech Cafe, have yourself a great day.